Songezo Mapete on SAFM. Michelle. Hi, um, good evening. Um, I'd like to now welcome my next guest, which is Dr. Shiska Gallo and uh, Mr. Mike Stringer. Um, Dr. Gallo is the CEO of uh, Biodata, a, a company that uh, has been, uh, control has been acquired by Labat Africa. Um, and uh, the CEO of Labat Healthcare, uh, Mike Stringer, is also online. Um, so welcome, Dr. Gallo. Welcome, Mike. Thank you. Um, okay, uh, Dr. Gallo um, has been um, conducting clinical trials um, in uh, the field of cancer and other um, ailments. And uh, I'd like to, first of all, uh, welcome her and uh, just ask her a little bit about her history because I understand that she has uh, known as a medical scientist uh, who studied pathology, and I'd like to maybe gain a better understanding of what that means. Yes, Michelle. So uh, basically, I have a master's in medical science, and then I did my board exam in clinical pathology. So that's basically looking at the science behind medicine. And then in clinical pathology, it's looking at diagnosis. So uh, clinical pathology includes hematology, chemical pathology, as well as medical microbiology. So what I basically do is assist um, with diagnosis of results, assist doctors with interpretations and blood tests. So we're more in the diagnostic and the science field. So that is how uh, my medical practice uh, fits in with pathology. Okay. And um, so what caused you to um, go into this field and, and when did you become interested in medical or the impact of medical cannabis? So I've been um, in the allopathic field quite a long time. I was involved in vaccine studies as well. Um, so when I became an Ayurvedic practitioner looking more at holistic methods and holistic treatments is when I got quite interested and started finding out much more about medical cannabis and the effects, how it works on the body. And as I started researching more and more about, you know, this incredible system and the endocannabinoid system and the different cannabinoids, I started learning so much and thought, now this is something that's so interesting and there's so much of benefit that patients can actually have because it's so much safer than some of the allopathic medicine. And then as I researched more and more, I just got more excited and more passionate because you never stop learning and that's, I think, where I am at right now. Okay, so so when did you actually start with clinical trials using using cannabis? Because it's been illegal for uh, uh, quite a while. Did you have to get a special license? Um, you know, when did you actually get started in this whole field? Okay, so I've been in the clinical trials field, I was at some health consulting for a while, and then with the medical cannabis, what we started doing because of the legislation, we started just working with case studies. Uh, so the case studies is where we use um, observational studies as well, looking at patients, looking at certain di- uh, diagnoses, different diseases, different cannabinoids, and how that works for different um, uh, diseases. So basically, uh, with my partners in Canada, we started some of the observational studies that we are running um, studies on uh, cannabis replacing medical cannabis with opioids. Now, for this year uh, at Labat Healthcare, we're going to be doing the first randomized double-blinded clinical trial, uh, which we have to get, uh, we have to get um, uh, from SEPRA, they have to give you approval for it, and we've done all of that, busy with the ethics approval and all of that. So that's how you're able to run such big clinical trial studies. Um, so we're going to be running this one at Labat Healthcare. It'll be quite a big one, as I said, it's the gold standard. And... Um, 
what we will be doing is the same as the observational studies that we ran because we have quite a lot of data. So we're going to be looking at how can we replace uh, opioids, which is not very safe, and you know, for the opioid death crisis and addiction rates as well, with medical cannabis, which is a safer alternative. And that's what we're starting with now with the first trial in South Africa as the proper randomized clinical trial. The others were just the observational studies and case studies, Michelle. Okay, and then, so I know that you have a look at uh, other other uh, treatments like for pain, sleeplessness, and that kind of thing, but obviously this is cancer month. So um, when you're doing clinical trials, at what stage, uh, I know I think you have stages one through to four, would you actually qualify to participate in, in clinical trials? Do you Do you take people who are, um, like at stage four, where they, they've got very little prospects uh, uh, for survival? Um, or, or how do you qualify, pre-qualify your, the people that you treat? So I'm sure to just explain it broadly, with the clinical trial, it will be dependent on that specific uh, trial or that specific cancer and that specific uh, grade that you want to use. So we can do trials on any grade. You can be a grade one, grade two, grade three, grade four. But your cohort of your patients will have to all be grade ones, all be grade twos, all be grade threes. They shouldn't be any. There's, there's no um, obstacles, should I say, where which grade you would use, uh, you know, to demonstrate does the medicine work. Obviously, you want to try it in the earlier stages, and we want people to try medical cannabis as well earlier, instead of when you, you know, you're quite far gone and the cancer spread, and then there's really no hope. So. Um, so to answer the question, it's a bit of a difficult one because the, the, the cancer clinical trials will be dependent on what cohort you're doing, what specific cancer, what specific grade, and all those patients will have to be on those same, we call it recruitment of patients for clinical trials, we'll have to recruit them according to each of the grades. So there's no actual restriction. Okay, that's, thank you very much. And, and then, Mike, I mean, obviously you have been looking at uh, uh, the um, cannabis uh, opportunities probably for, for six or more years, um, although you were the CEO of uh, the largest API facility in Africa for, for a number of years. What is your interest in uh, cannabis in particular and, uh, uh, and the relationship with uh, the clinical trials that, that uh, Dr. Gallo is undertaking? Yeah, I'll just start off by your first question. I think my interest started... Uh, and that's part of the reason why I, uh, I left Fine Chemicals. It's to, uh, the plan was to finish my MBA out in the UK, and my focus was on sustainability, finding a sustainable solution for economic uh, problem. And um, <clears throat> I focused on uh, industrial hemp, in fact, and um, wrote a paper on it that was very interesting, and it fit, fit uh, extremely well into the South African society and the current socioeconomic uh, issues that we have. So it was an easy fit for South Africa. I, I then uh, shared my plan with the DTI at the time. Uh, there was uh, initially a lot of excitement until I think they discovered all the laws and uh, regulations around it. And that softened and quieted down for a while until Brian uh, Van Royen, the CEO of Labatt, um, approached me. And I was quite excited to start the project. We then put together a business model, and the business model was basically uh, based on two directives. Okay, the one would be cannabis containing ICBD and cannabis containing ITHC. So it's always been Labatt's view 
that we will be actively involved in the medicinal side of uh, cannabis. Um, <clears throat> some comments in the newspaper recently has referred to uh, the market falling over with the lack of uh, legal status for recreational use. It's never been the bus uh, interest to get involved in uh, recreational cannabis. So as far as that is concerned, when we acquired biodata and the great work that Dr. Gallo has been doing, and um, whilst I was at Fine Chemicals, I spent 18 years as an industry advisor to our government on the INCB, which is the International Narcotics Convention Board. And um, it's, it's the reporting system and the control body through the Singles Convention that controls the legalization and usage of um, of cannabis. So I had all the credentials to get involved in terms of my 30 years background in the API industry, as well as understanding the narcotics industry very, very intimately. So from that perspective, uh, when chatting to Dr. Gallo and the successes she has had, that obviously sprung a lot of interest and the two of us started to come up with a clinical trial plan, and that plan is directed at replacing uh, the codeine phosphates, the morphines, the hydrocodones, and so forth. Sorry, Mike, Mr. Stringer, sorry, may I please interrupt you? This is Songhez, the actual host of the program. Um, (laughs) I I propose that we do this, please. It is 9 o'clock. We have to go to the news. Can we pick up in the new hour the relationship that you would have started in having with Dr. Gallo in terms of the innovation that you were starting on as a point, please? Yeah, no problem. Excellent. Great host, I beg your pardon. It's time for news. South Africans, listen up. This is Current Affairs Proper. The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. On the viewpoint. We are back. We are live. This is the viewpoint. The conversation about medical cannabis and cannabis research for cancer cures is very much still alive. Dr. Shishka Gallo is on the line, medical doctor at Biodata. Mr. Mike Stringer, head of acquisitions at Labat Africa. They are the guests to my guests. I fancy that. Guests of the guests. Ms. Michelle Krastanov, chief executive officer at Acacia Cap Advisors. Michelle is going to take over just now until literally 2111 because we will be cut off by the system. The conversation continues. Mike was telling us before the news that he had courted the biodata firm for the purposes of looking towards innovation in medical cannabis related research. You want to carry on please Mike. Thanks for your patience. No, no problem at all. Thank you very much. So yeah, I think the, the opportunity that I saw was obviously THC being um, legal in South Africa, um, still without a permit, and it's not used in the medical fraternity as yet. We obviously need to do the clinical trials. We have, uh, SAPRA has rescheduled it from a seven to a six, which now makes it legal, subject to having a permit. Um, so we saw the opportunity and we looked at the combination of THC and CBD together to relieve um, severe pain, uh, moderate pain and um, also to uh, focus on, on other 
um, um, uses like uh, for sleep deprivation, anxiety, and so forth. Um, the opportunity lies in the fact that uh, currently in the U.S. Uh, they have what they call a opiate crisis. The American government is seriously looking at uh, increasing the scheduling status of opiate drugs. In fact, Mellencott, the biggest opiate manufacturer in the world, has just declared bankruptcy as of yesterday. And the reason for that is they've got so many lawsuits against, against them as a, as a consequence of the amount of deaths and various other factors. Now, in South Africa, uh, people are abusing the codeine uh, syrups. In fact, uh, they are using it in a cool drink, and it uh, gives them a high for about four hours. And uh, it's extremely addictive. And uh, Sapra is also considering increasing the scheduling status from an OTC, which is over-the-counter, to a, a, a script. Now, if that should happen, that means that about 80% of our people will stop using codeine uh, because a lot of them don't have medical aids, and they're not going to pay 300 bucks to get a prescription for it at a doctor. So here in comes the replacement product, and we believe the opiates can easily replace the codeines and the morphines that's on our shelves that's highly addictive. And um, that opportunity was presented by Biodata, and with all the work that uh, Dr. Gallo has done, we are focusing on that initially. And then obviously, concurrently, we'll be working on an API developing 100% pure THC for one of the big pharma companies. Um, that process takes three to four years. And this big pharma company is currently looking at uh, cancer therapies on it. So we'll be doing concurrent work. Um, and hopefully we'll convince this company to be the sponsor. Because when you get to clinical trial three, it could cost hundreds of millions of rands to conclude the studies. Um, so hey, Mike, a, I'm going to yes. have to thank you and Dr. Gallo for um, coming onto the show because we're going to automatically cut off at uh, in about uh, less than a minute. Um, no, 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 but, I, but thank you very much for both of you for, for being my guests and... Uh, for um, uh, Sangizo for allowing me to host his show for him for, for I think it's called Tuesday Takeover. So um, thank you very much, and, and we appreciate it, and, and keep up the good work. Thanks, Thanks Michelle. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you indeed, Michelle Shushka and Mike. I think I'm going to do what the Eastern Cape government has done, but only appropriately and properly. We're going to plagiarize some of your content and ask you to return to tell us a little more about this thing, because medical cannabis is not just a medical issue, but it's a way of, first of all, just kickstarting the economy on what is now fast becoming a fruit that really should be picked off the South African tree, but also a conversation that can also morph into the land question in terms of responsible use thereof. So thank you so much for coming on. It's a pity we didn't have enough time on this, but certainly the question of medical cannabis is a conversation worth having, not just once, but repeatedly. Michelle, thank you so much for your time and honoring our invitation as you have, especially by bringing the kinds of guests that you have. Unfortunately, time is the enemy, and it is now time for us to take an ad break before we get on to what usually happens on a Tuesday, and that is hashtag the African narrative. Please stay tuned. Song is on my back on The Viewpoint.